Uh, hello, everyone. This is the Hey Retriever podcast. Welcome to episode blank. And uh, along with me, my co-host and uh, swell guy, JMR. Hey, this your name is Matt. Yeah, and I never call you JMR. That felt weird, but... It just, doesn't feel right for us no. to do it that way. No, it doesn't. This is Matthew Richmond. And this is John Michael Ryan. And this is Hey ah, Retriever. That feels better. Uh, Matt, who do we have the privilege of speaking with today? Today we are speaking with Dean Renault. Hi there. Hi, there Dean. There she is. Dean, Dean how, long, how long have we known each other? We've known each other for what, like a decade? I mean, I, around, around there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Started way back in the snack crate days. Oh, yeah. And those, Dean, I, I left your title off because we want you to define it. Um, because I, I, I would have defaulted to art director, but I don't know if that's fair. I mean, I don't know if there's enough space in like the, the title box to put in all this stuff because I'm, I, I don't even know really. It's a lot of things. Um, I love this. <laughs> I generally say like production designer, um, art director also works. Um, but yeah, like if I'm, if, if like my mom says I'm a production designer or a stylist. So as we all know, working in creative fields, you know, that's how you dumb it down. It's like, what is, what do your parents think you do? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, production designer, stylist, um, I kind of do everything that embodies that. Trusted person of interest for JMR. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I do, you know, everything from concepting and designing and producing, like, experiential branded events. I do a lot of styling and general art direction for, like, commercial print and TV, which is a lot of what I've done with Retriever. Um, I do a bit of interior design, so I'm very picky about all of that. Um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know, I make things happen and I make them look good, so... <laughs> John, what does your mom think you do? Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never thought about it in that context before. Dean, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. My mom probably thinks that I don't do anything. <laughs> That's my answer. Well, boy, would she be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Dean, uh, yeah. how did you get into this interest what what does baby dean do that that guides this fascination with styling and design and putting these aesthetically lovely things together <laughs> and so forth um I, I mean literally baby dean was like i was rearranging my bedroom in the middle of the night um like truly that's that's 100 percent true i was like six years old and my mom came in to wake me up and she's like how did you move this bed by yourself that's um, awesome so, yeah, I've always been really obsessed with just spaces and kind of how they speak to pe people, how they function, how they could function better. Like, I am notorious for going and just sitting in a space and somebody's like, what's wrong? What are you doing? I'm just like, oh, oh, I just, this would be so much better if this were here and that were there and I could bring in this. And I'm just always kind of thinking that way. Um, and that's how I've been since I was a kid. Um, and yeah, I just, I love to, to, tell stories through spaces and kind of create environments that, that are really, feel really special. Um, so I kind of just translated that somehow into a job. Uh, small tangent, but my kids would yeah. sleep in a pile of dirty clothes if they had nothing. <laughs> like they, they are the exact opposite of that. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was really lucky to have grown up um, in some really special environments. I'm from Kentucky. I grew up like in horse country. Um, you know, I mean, my family is not super fancy, but I definitely got to spend a lot of time in very fancy places and it just really made a big impact on me. Um, and so I think just having the the good fortune to experience a lot of really special, you know, storied places, I, I just like to recreate that in whatever, on whatever level I can achieve, you know, whether it's for myself or for a client or whatever. So, um, I like that you said that you're picky. Because I, I think that's that's an interesting yeah. thing to be in certain roles, and and that role, yeah. I think it is it is a good it's a great attribute to have. Yeah, well, I, I really learned that the hard way um, because I mean I'm sure as we we're all starting out, you know, you kind of have to say yes to everything, um, and you end up finding yourself with jobs or clients that you, you just don't work well with, or you know, you you learn yeah you learn the hard way from from having to take jobs. And so I am thankfully at a point where I can be fairly picky. Um, oh, that's great. And that's sort of the macro view, but I was thinking more of like the pickiness that you need to find the just right thing for the scene that you're setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's honestly, that's the most fun part of my job is like the hunting and the the collecting and, you know, finding the, the exact right thing. Like nothing brings me greater joy than going, oh, we really need this thing for this one space and going, I have that or I can find that. You know, that's like the biggest challenge and, and it's so much fun. I have an aside. Uh, yesterday, I was meeting with uh, a young person who's currently in academia and and trying to to come over to the world of the mercenary, <laughs> the fisherman, <laughs> the production world. And I actually brought you up as a reference. I brought you up as an example of somebody oh. who you're you're so meticulous and you're so well thought in how you assemble your ideas for a thing that it requires on on the other side of the equation equal concern and care. Right. So if if I'm directing and you're coming in with ideas for a scene and for for the styling of a room for a for a sequence it requires me to then also meet you there and and think with you and, and listen to you and, and how that's a really good, you know, symbiotic relationship on set. That's what you want. You want somebody who has so many ideas that are just right that you're almost going, hmm, like what's what do we think is right for us here? And you have this Absolutely. dialogue. But you both have to have that flexibility too to sort of react, right? Like if 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 Dean, you're sure that this thing is right for this character, but John doesn't see it, what mm-hmm. you know. So there's there's got to be room there too. Yeah, and I think one thing that it took me a while to learn is that you know trust I think is the the biggest player in all of this. And you know whether it's somebody like John who I've worked with quite a bit, or somebody who you know I was referred to and they're hiring me sight unseen. You know you're hiring me because ultimately you think that I'm good at my job and you have to trust me. Um, and I love working with longtime clients who are just like, oh yeah, Dean's got it. Great. You know, and there's a level of trust where there's not a lot of back and forth, um, you know, with newer clients or, or, you know, associates or whatever, it's, you have to build that trust and it can be a frustrating process. But, um, you know, I try to be, I try to over, what is it, what's the term, uh, under promise and over deliver, um, mm-hmm. So that, you know, we have tons of options and, and, you know, I'm able to give the client what they want and go, okay, but I also, I think that this could work. And then they go, oh my gosh, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like that is actually better. 
Um, so yeah, like that flexibility. And I think, you know, the trust, those are two things that are such huge players in, in my role and what I do. Yeah. You kind of have to get in people's brains for your job. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine you would imagine a, a character being one way and then you get a director's input and that suddenly changes who you know that character to be, right? Like you're, you're sure. constantly sort of reading a novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, that's, you know, that's the fun part. I, I, one of the things I jotted down when I was reading through all your questions and stuff is that it's a little bit corny, I think at this point, but it's, you know, I'm a storyteller and that's really what brings me the most joy is, is creating that story is, you know, whether it's a, you know, flat lay for a product, you know, for like a cleaning product or whether it's a, you know, creating an entire living room. Um, you know, I want, I want people to look at it and go, Oh my gosh, I know exactly the customer, the person, you know, they're buying it for the time of year, the time of day, the, you know, all the things I want. I'm, it's just the coolest thing I think to achieve a whole story from one image or one shot. Was there a moment that you can point to where you feel like, Oh, y- y- you're stuck. This is what you do now. <laughs> I, yeah. Kind of. I mean, I still, I mean, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I kind of still don't really know what it is I'm doing or where it is I'm going. It, it really ebbs and flows, which I love and I hate. Um, you know, some days like I'm one a nine to five and other days I'm, I love, you know, being a freelancer and being independent. Um, but because, you know, I, I do production and I do, I travel for like installations and I've worked on film and TV and, and you know, all kinds of different things. Um, I don't really feel stuck, but, but I do feel like what I do in that broad sense, again, is, you know, creating environments and creating sort of memorable images and experiences. So I think it's, I feel lucky that what I do can be pretty broad. You know, I'm just, I had an opportunity very recently um, to, you know, join the union and only work in film and TV, you know, like as a prop buyer, and I did it and I was like, God, this is like job security, but it's like the same thing day in and day out. And it felt really restrictive to me. Um, so I'm, I feel really lucky that I can kind of flit around and do a bunch of different things um, because I feel like overall it makes me a much stronger creative person um, because I'm, I'm constantly inspired. Pivoting into the kind of the the part two topic of industry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of young freelancers always ask the question like, "What happens if you say no to a job? What yeah. happens if you don't take a job?" The fear of not getting the next one. I think that you're a great example for me personally of somebody who, coming off of what you just said, my first mm-hmm. question isn't you know. It isn't what is Dean doing? Is 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 Dean is Dean available? Is Dean in the mix? <laughs> is 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 she out of the mix? Yeah. And it if you came to me and said, Hey, I'm I'm doing this other thing for six months, in six months I'm gonna go, Hey Dean, are you available? Yeah. Because I'm excited to work with you. And you realize that you start to develop this this little community of mm-hmm. people where no isn't the end of the relationship. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And again, that's that's another reason why I kind of like, you know, having that flexibility to be mobile um, and kind of jump from project to project is because, I, you know, I really do like maintaining those relationships. Um, and yeah, exactly. You're, you're such a great example of that. You have such an awesome team down in St. Louis and kind of all over the place. And I love being able to hop on board, whether it's here in Chicago or St. Louis or wherever, and, you know, seeing some familiar faces and then also meeting some, you know, some new people. Um, that's been really cool. 
Matt, do you recall your first project working with Dean? I don't remember. I know it was <laughs> not the Big Flea one. I, I, it was I, Ad Crate. Ad Crate. In LA. Yeah. With the bolts. And when we sent about, uh, yes. how, many, how many pallets of candy would you say that we shipped, <laughs> Dean? Right. <laughs> oh my God. That was one of the most fun weeks. I mean, like, here, here's some candy that you're going to basically shoot out of a rocket, but make it look good in slow motion. It's like, okay. <laughs> That is the that, was, that is the biggest cliff note summary of a shoot ever. Because the, the like, reality is, sure. as I recall it, you we we brought you out to LA to style uh, a high speed product shoot, and yeah. you and I you and I went into it thinking that we were going to be trying to take unwrapped product and just make it look awesome at a thousand mm-hmm. frames a second. Yeah. And then in the last minute, we had the caveat thrown to us that we want to keep things in wrappers, and. This is this is this is live imported product. This yeah. isn't matte print jobs. These are <laughs> these are real pieces of candy. And you and was it Rob, the 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 VFX motor guy? You guys, you guys were insanely masterful. Was he the Just, British guy? No, that no. was Simon. Simon yes. was uh, the bolt operator, the high yes. speed operator, and he's actually going to be on an episode too. Oh no way! Uh, he was so yeah, fun camera on- control. I'll never forget because instead of saying like three, two, one, go, he would instead of saying go, he would like say the flavor of whatever we were shooting. So he'd be like three, two, one, raspberry. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, I mean, it truly was one of the most joyous shoots to work on, and it was nuts. I mean, we were we're shooting a lot in one day. Um, Oh, too much, too much in one day. Yeah, yeah. But you did did such a great job because you you looked through. For those of you who don't know, uh, Dean, you went you went through and you sourced like the idea, the deconstructed flavors of like yes. of mochi Kit Kats, mm-hmm. and and created these powders, and we did these these five layers of dimension to everything while this camera spun around. It was the best. That was the that yeah. was the best shoot. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, yeah, and I haven't even really mentioned kind of in the wheelhouse of what I do. I, I have done a lot of food styling, um, that was honestly, that was kind of my first foray into specifically food styling. And even though it was just candy, it was really fun and like experience, experimental. And um, I got to just kind of play around and I love food styling so much. It's such a weird little niche. Um, So I'm always excited when I get to work with food clients. Well, and that's what brought us together is I want to say Nika Vaughn is actually who led me to you the first time that we connected. Yeah, and she she had said I, I said I needed somebody who understands food and product and props. Yeah, and and you just came in with with all the hats on, and we did all those <laughs> unboxing videos with the yeah. snack crate unboxing people. It was so good. Totally, that was awesome. That was really great. So, what kind of projects now then do you find yourself doing? You said you just came off of a film stint. Um, yeah, so I did that last year. I worked on a pilot um, here in Chicago. Um, and then, you know, I mean, COVID has been weird for all of us. I really kind of chose to take a good chunk of time off. I really didn't work much in 2020 and 2021. I was very selective, um, which was, you know, really nice, actually. It allowed me to step back and go, is this really what I want to do? Um, so I'm kind of jumping back into things now. It's been a slow start to my year, but I just wrapped a handful of things. I just finished, um, a commercial with like Fox sports for the MLB. I'm like, yeah, I know baseball. Sure. Let's do it. 
Um, <laughs> I just did um, like a week-long shoot with a tech client where I was styling their super bougie offices, um, making them look like, you know, people with <laughs> with personality actually worked there because they were a, a little a little sad. Um, and yeah, I've got a couple things on the horizon. I'm, I'm um, potentially working on an activation in DC with an organic foods client to create like a, an interactive vegetable sculpture for a food show. Whoa. Yeah. Do you find, do you find many differences between industries because you, you are able to work, you know, Oh, work on Mm -hmm. a film and then TV and then commercial work and then sort of event spaces. Um, Do you notice differences in those things or do you kind of see the similarities more? I mean, across the board, you know, like a production schedule is a production schedule. Um, The thing that I'm noticing differences in most is, you know, when I'm working directly with like, let's say an ad agency, which I do quite a bit, um, they're just, it's getting younger and younger. The budgets are getting smaller and smaller. I mean, I guess that's across the board, but um, there's, I'm just having to take on a lot more like sort of authority and, and like take the reins and, you know, lead a little bit more, which I certainly don't mind doing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think like in my experience, that wouldn't be the case in film, right? No, not so much in film. And I don't, I don't work a ton in film. I I dipped into film and TV and that's like a whole different animal. I mean, there is like, you know, when you're working with the union, there's somebody to do every single little thing. That that was a big learning experience for me. Um, And I I kind of didn't love it because I'm so used to doing so much you know, I showed up with like a van load of stuff that I had just gone out and bought and thrifted and found and whatever. And I start to unload it and they're like, do not touch it. We will take it. You're not allowed to walk this into the building. That's our job. And like, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. And then, yeah, you know, it's kind of the opposite. And, and like the ad world, I think they're like expecting you to do so, so much for honestly so little. And, um, you know, they're, they're still fun projects, but I think gone are the days of, you know, Lux commercial shoots and print ads. I've been doing a lot of social media shoots lately, um, wow. which isn't my favorite. <laughs> Is that when I an mean, influencer calls you and wants no, to I mean, make like, it appear? <laughs> no, thank God, no. Um, I think a lot of influencers fancy themselves as stylists, so good for them. Um, no, this would be more for like, you know, branded shoots and products and stuff like that, where, you know, surprise, surprise, like cleaning products have their own TikTok and it's like, cool. So we're going to do some, like, here's how to freshen up your home and make it ready for fall with this product. And, you know, we're like shooting on an iPhone and there's still a crew and it's still a whole day shoot and they're still paying my day rate, but you know, it's like. Yeah. I'll set it up and they're like, oh, we need to make it more relatable. So it can't actually be this good looking. Like, can you just dumb it down a little bit? And I'm like crying inside, like, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that <laughs> comment always gets me the, uh, okay, like this, but less nice. Yeah. Like, can we make this uglier? Like nobody would really have that in their home. And I'm like, come to my house, please. Have you seen my home? <laughs> I'm like, they should be aspirational people. <laughs> So where where we've gotten is that kind of shoot, but where did you start? What was your first set? Oh, 
Wow, my first set. That's a really good question. You know, I actually don't know what my first set was. My slow kind of like bleed into production in general, honestly, was doing weddings. Wow. You can believe it. Yeah. A lot of people start with weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I lived in LA for a long time. I was working in the music industry. I loved it. I was doing this like interior design blog way before everybody had a blog. It was pretty popular. Um, a friend of mine worked for Kelly Worsler, who's like, you know, put her on a pedestal interior designer. She's incredible. And was like, you should come intern for Kelly. And I was like, I will quit my really good job. And yes, I will do that. Um, so I started, yeah, interning with her and to try to make a long story short, I ended up moving to Chicago in like the, you know, 2009 recession when really no luxury industries were hiring. So I couldn't get a job with a design firm. Um, my mom is a caterer in Kentucky and I grew up like doing events with her. So I was like, I will make really nice events. (laughs) Um, so I started producing weddings and it really took off like wildfire. I, I, that's kind of like the first five years of my business. No um, we're kidding. doing all of these really, yeah, unique, sort of interesting weddings, like nothing cookie cutter, you know, really kind of weird, very detail oriented, you know, and that's when I started like hoarding and collecting props and decor and stuff like that. Um, and was, then, was that South Home and Social? Yeah, yeah, South Social and Home. Okay. Yeah. South Social yeah. and Home. Yeah, it was a little more precious, a little more, you know. I don't know, a little, a little more of like a, like an industry. I was just like, I'm going to take over the wedding industry of Chicago. And, you know, after five years of doing weddings, I was like, I don't really want to do weddings anymore. Um, so yeah. But that, started- that's not an easy transition from, from that industry into, into film, is it? Or, yeah. or commercial? Not really. I mean, I guess it kind of started to bleed into, you know, just general event production. And then it was sort of like this, these big branded sort of experiential events. I mean, I was, you know, kind of around when the whole, you know, like pop-up bars and that kind of thing were happening. I did a lot of big build-outs for like Airbnb and for Lollapalooza and Pitchfork and all kinds of stuff. And so I think just the trickle down, it's like, oh, well, you made this really incredible, you know, VIP experience at Lollapalooza for X brand, you know, can you come work on our commercial shoot or can you come work on our print campaign or things like that? So... I kind of just honed it in to, you know, what felt more manageable and what I was more excited about. Um, And, you know, what, what was less of a process? Cause I mean, working in weddings and events, sometimes you're working with a client for six months or a year. Um, And I love that, you know, commercials and and ad stuff can be like, are you available next week? Can we pull this together? Let's go. Right. Um, So, but how long was the period of time that, that sort of was the evolution from, from weddings into like, I've, I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing that for 10 years. So I did what, yeah, I did weddings for like five. And then that was maybe 2016, 17. And then, gotcha. yeah, ever since then, yeah, I've just been doing kind of production in general. That's so, cool. And again, I think like, like what John was saying, it's, it's just, you know, sort of about who you know. I mean, like the person who recommended him, to, or recommended me to him, with a makeup artist who we had worked in the wedding world together, but she also does, you know, on set hair and makeup. Um, so yeah, she kind of seen like what my scope of work could be and was like, Oh, Dean might be good for this. And so it just kind of all spider webs from there. That's amazing. So it really yeah. wasn't an intentional 
uh, like you didn't set out to become what you are. No, I mean, I didn't, if I don't even, I didn't even know this was a job, you know, like back when I was in school, I was a theater major all through like from fourth grade, all through 12th grade when college, I was like an art history major for a few years. So, I mean, who knows what I was supposed to be or what I thought I was going to be, but here we are. It's so hard to know, especially when you're 18 or 22 or whatever. And then what you can't realize at that age, or, you know, even now, sometimes it's hard to get your head around, like, how much time it takes for things to become what they are, you know? like For for your network to develop or for Mm -hmm. for your art to develop, Mm -hmm. your talent and skill. Like, sometimes it really is just a factor of time and your, your brain doesn't, you know, understand it. Fully. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people who have been working in this industry for a million years and, you know, they're still learning things. And I think that's awesome. That's something that I love so much is that, you know, I, I am still, I learn something every single set I'm on, every single job I do, every team I work with, I always learn something. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's the coolest part about, I think, being in a creative industry is that it's not just like, here's the handbook, here's how you do it it's never going to change. We spent a lot of time uh, before COVID, I was doing a photo series of a bunch of factories and I'm, I'm fascinated by factories. I'm fascinated by logistics. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm especially interested in the people who work in factories because Mm -hmm. they're, they're like you and I, they have lives, they have families, they have interests, they have passions, hobbies, sadnesses, all things, but the job structure is so different, right? Like what you, Mm -hmm. what you do day to day. um, Cause you know, we, we, all joke that the production factory, oh, what are, you know, it's like a, you're in the commercial <laughs> shop. Okay, cool. Push it out. Here's the thing we're going to do. Here's right. your 10 hour day. But it's so different because, you know, the, the trade off is maybe this person who works the line at the Mitsubishi dealership, may, maybe they have these things called benefits, I've heard of, uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, structured salary packages and all kinds of things. We don't necessarily have that, but the trade off mm-hmm. is like it, our job is always interesting and always mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And it's as interesting or different as you want it to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, you nailed it. You know, it's, it's as interesting as you want it to be. I mean, I could, you know, join an agency and, and only do, you know, print work or, you know, social media work or whatever. And probably, I mean, have a very reliable income or reliable schedule. Um, but again, like we were talking about earlier, you know, I really do like that flexibility to kind of hop around and like, sure, I'll go to DC. Sure. I'll go to Canada. Sure. I'll go to France on a buying trip. Like, sure. I'll go do whatever. Um, because you know, again, I'm always going to learn something. It's always going to inspire me in a different way. And I'm going to be able to take that to whatever my next job is and just continually be better and more confident and more interesting and have a broader perspective and be able to offer, you know, a different way of looking at things. And have more time with your dogs. And have more time with my dogs. <laughs> Which I've had so much time with these dogs. Somebody get me out of here. <laughs> That's the post-COVID reality, right? Like we're all it's like, we got to go. We need to oh do things. Yeah. You have I, new, I did, Newfoundlands, right? I do. I have two Newfoundlands. I just um, drove through Canada with them. I went on a road trip with them. We went to Maine. It was great. That's like 200 pound of dog on a road <laughs> trip. Even more than that, John, would you believe it? <laughs> How big are they now? They're, um, Dolly is three and she is about 130 pounds and Birdie 
is our little COVID puppy, and she is a year old, and she's probably like 110 something. Sound yeah. like a big dog. I love a dog that you can hug. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I mean they're they're like living weighted blankets. Yeah. If you could teach them to drive, like they could reach the pedals, probably. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when they sit in the front seat, the I have to. I have to put the seatbelt on behind them because the thing just dings going like, there is a person here who is not buckled in. Yeah. No, they're the best. They're a lot of fun. Um, They're great. I can't wait until it snows because then they'll be really, really happy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Quick, quick pivot on, on a random thought. So what was, what was your COVID ritual? What did you develop during, during the, uh, the shutdown times? What, What did you do to fill your time? I, well, it took me a few months. I, I think like, you know, I posted to the grid about this on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, I don't have any hobbies because my hobbies are thrifting, antiquing, throwing dinner parties, like styling spaces. Like, you know, really, I mean, my, my hobbies are not <laughs> not doable during COVID. So I, um, I did a garden. I built a whole garden on our deck, which was pretty cool. I got very into gardening. Um, I found, found it very calming and um, really enjoyed like getting dirty and growing things. So that was fun. Um, but you know, I feel lucky that I was one of those people during COVID where like, I did pretty well. I'm like pretty good at keeping a home, having a schedule, making food, slowing down, reading, taking care of people. So it was really nice. It was really nice. I had, had a good time, (laughs) as good a time as one could have during a pandemic. Nice. I definitely gardened myself. Yeah. What did you grow? Do you do uh, vegetables? Uh, Vegetables mostly, yeah. Out out in the backyard. Um, I I don't know if I got more intense. I probably got a little more intense during COVID. Yeah. You've always been intense Uh, Yeah, gardening. It's it's hard to get more intense, but I think I did a little. What is, um, what's something that you grow that you're like super into? You either grow it every year, it's like your prize thing or... I like um, I like things that I can keep seeds of mm-hmm. and start again the next year. But I don't do like I don't have lights in the basement for February stuff. So usually it's it's smaller stuff like you know greens or or uh, spices or you know herbs and stuff. Uh, mustard. I'm about to take all my mustard seeds uh, now, oh. and, and then I'll have a bunch to set out next year and uh, that kind of stuff. Do you what, make what do you your do? Mustard. Yeah, I, I I keep my own mustard seed, and then I can gr- grind that and use it as a spice. But I have not gone so far as to make actual mustard mustard yet. So that's some real like Little House in the Prairie type stuff. Hell yeah! And now I have to. Now you've put Which the I, idea in my head. Yeah, I love. I mean, it's it's my personal dream. We haven't gotten to the end where you're like, "What are you into?" My personal dream is just to quit working altogether and move to like a remote like farm in Canada and just survive it was like donkeys and dogs and goats <laughs> truly <laughs> yeah and just eating donkey meat well no they're just companions oh wow <laughs> okay. you, you go straight to donkey meat is that a, <laughs> is that a thing that you had matt uh, i would imagine i mean surviving with donkeys to me says you're eating them well i'm I just glad you didn't say milk the donkey <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's goats you know goats goats can provide as well <laughs> Matt's knowledge stops at the garden. 
Apparently. Into husbandry. It's just a different world. <laughs> yeah, nobody give him any livestock. He needs to stick to herbs. Yeah, I've been through a lot of a lot of pets in weird ways. <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what uh What's exciting you then? So now moving into what's new, what you're what you're focused on, what's what's ahead of you? Um, I've got a couple little trips coming up and then we're doing a huge like refresh at our studio. I have in Chicago. Um, because you know what, so much of what I do, honestly, I'm really just order with taste. I have this giant warehouse that's just like meticulously organized and archived of all of my stuff. Um, so that's always fun. We do our big, like fall clean out. We do a big studio sale and that way I can go buy more stuff and fill it up. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to a couple of design firms about being a buyer for them, which would just be me doing what I love to do, shopping and thrifting and antiquing and continuing to hoard, but just with other people's money. So that's fun. That sounds fun. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of the dream. That's been like ongoing for a long, long time. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, doing that. And then, I don't know, like ultimate ultimate long-term dream goal is to do vacation homes. I really love, I love designing homes. I kind of implied earlier that like I do interior design, but I'm very picky and selective. Um, and what that's kind of come down to is that I really only want to do vacation homes. I love the idea of that. And I, I think now that I'm reaching a point in my life where that's a, you know, we're, we're looking for locations on Airbnb and peer space yeah. sometimes, but as a, as a human who's going, hey, Matt, let's go on our company retreat uh, in, a, in this cool looking cabin on Airbnb mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. happens to be at 12,000 feet. Um, <laughs> like, like now I'm super, super excited by this idea of like property development and, and creating yeah. a space that's meant for people to go escape. Yep. Yep. You know. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, it's everything that I love wrapped up into one. It's, you know, it's travel, it's adventure, it's a new experience, it's a new environment. Um, I think there's nothing cooler than going into an Airbnb or a hotel and just being like, oh my God, this is so cool, you know, and, and it all just tells a story and it transports people and it's very memorable and, you know, everything down to like how it smells and, you know, what quality linens there are. And then again, how durable are things? Um, I think it's also really fun designing vacation homes for people because they're willing to take more risks. Um, you know, it's not a space that you're using every day. So you can, things can be a little more playful. You don't have to have a giant, ugly fridge. You can have a cute little design fridge. Um, you know, design is more in the forefront. So it's it's less about function and uh, like daily use. So it's very So I'm fun. envisioning a Marriott autograph collection hotel <laughs> that is curated by... Dean Renault, it's 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 gonna happen, and sure. Matt knows as you do too, Dean. I love a good Marriott courtyard. I'm a, I, I, the, yes. the courtyard is where it all comes together. You know, we we've had some good times in Marriott courtyard bars after shoots. They're fancy, you know. It's post COVID; they have not recovered. the uh, <laughs> The Marriott courtyard bar is not the same anymore. Well, but we're gonna we're gonna have to change that. We see you, Marriott. We're waiting. <laughs> we'll be there. Bon chance. What is their thing now? Bon, bon voyage. Bon voyage. Bon, bon, bon voyage. Bon voyage. <laughs> Listen, I got there. I got mm-hmm. there in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you're just dying to talk about? 
um, not that I can think of. Uh, No, I mean, I'm an open book, but I I can't really think of anything that I'm dying to talk about. That Um, means we nailed it. Pretty much. We talked about everything. We talked about uh, Matt, would you would you like to set up for Dean our outro? Uh, well, this is a first for me, John. I don't I don't know if I feel like I I can do this, but I guess <laughs> I have to try sometime. Yeah. So here's the thing that we try to end on, and that is creating a soundscape um, that that reflects you and and who you are and what we've been talking about. So um, I guess we would ask you to sort of put your mind in a happy place and then describe the world around us in terms of sound and uh, what activity is going on. And then Dane oh. is going to bring it to life in the finished product. What? So I'm supposed to like go to a happy place and then describe what it sounds like? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, okay, I can do that. I was recently in Maine and we had no curtains on the windows. So I woke up at four in the morning and with the sun and I would leave the house before anybody was awake. And I would go to the pond that we were staying next to. And I would fish for like two hours, totally by myself. And all around me were chirping birds and like fish would leap out in the water far away from me um there would be like a swimmer who would swim laps slowly by me um i don't know just the like the crunching yeah, what, of birds. what kind of birds were there yeah mm, uh, like some birds um i did see a bald eagle once um were you fishing with a bobber or or no, a lure? fishing with like yeah with lures those casting um, it would like plop in the water. You get that like ring from the, you know, the line going out. Um, there was some like changing of lures, so like you know, snipping with scissors and the little jingle of the, the like plastic and the metal hooks. Yeah, were the dogs out. there? Oh no, because I learned the hard way that if you take a water dog fishing. They will jump into the water to try to catch what you just threw in the water. So <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> no, it was it was just it was just me, and it was like the most peaceful thing. I mean, truly, the water was perfect glass, and it just reflected the sky, and it was so still and beautiful, except for you know really the birds. And I was wearing boots, so they were like crunching on the dirt and the you know twigs and whatever. Um, and I would I would make myself like a little breakfast bagel and wrap it in wax paper, and then I would like sit there and unwrap it and eat that. Um, Man, and then Bob and, would swim by. Uh, yeah, it, well, yeah, this like old guy swam by, and I would have to like pause for a while, but it was very peaceful, and he kind of waved. I mean, that's how he's he's so healthy, he's swimming that damn lake every day. Um, that's I'm trying it. To think of, you, of other sounds. You just nailed it. That's that, probably yeah. the most descriptive one we've had yet. Oh, good. Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, also, like, I was on vacation, so at, like, 8 a.m., which I'd been up for four hours, I'd be like, oh, I also brought a breakfast beer. So I'd crack open a breakfast beer. Yep. Oh, there we go. That was the one missing piece of the that, puzzle. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it was well, a Dean, thank you. Today. Yeah, thank you. This is so much fun. It was lovely catching up. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make some magic. Peace out, Internet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.